So, after testing ourselves against the competition's best over in Perth, the one thing that we realise now about the Collingwood Football Club is we are not to be taken lightly. We earned that respect that we so richly deserved against Fremantle last week. And whilst we didn't come away with the win, I think it's a moral victory of sorts. But for the sake of getting other opinions, I'll ask the rest of my panel. All right, go on, Critical. What did you think of Thursday's game? Uh Look, I, a bit the same. I think um, absolutely encouraging performance. You have to be proud of them. And But at the death, we fell away. We lost our way a little bit. We kicked, I think, four times out, of full, out in the full, you know, in the last quarter with not a lot of pressure on us. So it was a game there to be won and we didn't take it. You know, we have to, I think we want to, and to progress this season to where we'd really like it to be, we need to win a game like that. So I think it's up the ante because we missed that opportunity and we're patting ourselves on the back a little bit. But in the next three weeks, we've got um, Hawthorne, then um, West Coast, or Port, Port in Port and then West Coast. Now it's imperative now that we win one and hopefully two of those to make up for that loss. So I think it was a real missed opportunity at the end of the day. Definitely can be seen that way. And um, especially we were the better team on the day, I felt. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, good good teams win out those close games. And uh, despite how good the opposition is, um, we made them look, you know, a little bit less than what they are last week. Magpie Girl, you watched the game. What did you think? Oh, I did. Um, I thought it was a really, I mean, it was a really tense game. It was a great you know, nail-biter. It was a really entertaining game. And you could just see in the last 10 minutes that they they were in their absolute um, desperation they um, they just started to make mistakes and and that really was the difference in the end which was you know was unfortunate but overall it was an unexpected game um, in that it was such an arm wrestle and um, I think that's why everyone, although disappointed, was at the same time really um, pleased to see the type of game that was played. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I went into that game fully conceding the fact that we were going to be slapped around a little bit. Um, That was my initial thought, um, to see the effort was pleasing. But I can't help but agree with with GC. You know, we did miss an opportunity there. Um, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. If we want to make look top eight for us, realistically, is four more wins to take it to twelve. Um, but you know, to be comfortable with it, you know, you, you're going to need to win more than that. And we do have a tough few weeks coming up. GC, do you really think it was just the lack of experience that uh, that kind of let us down? Oh yeah, I think I think that was a that was a big factor. It was their home ground and things. But uh, I still think I'm, I'm still cautious of that whole idea. Is near enough good enough? Yeah. Because we're a young team, yep. so I, you know, because these things are incremental. You you sometimes take a few little steps, but then a team can take a really big step and really announce themselves. And it's opportunities like that I think that are really important for a young team. If you take that, then suddenly everyone looks at you and says, "Oh, hang on, you just haven't mm-hmm. just beaten the bottom six sides. You've just knocked off a real contender. You are now." And it, it permeates the whole competition. It permeates your team because it's what 
at, at some point in time, every really good team has to do. So you get so many chances at it. Uh, you know, grab it as soon as you can is my attitude. So we had a chance there and we didn't grab it. So mm. now we have to really, it, it ups the ante to say, well, next time we get that chance, it's even more important that we grab it because they don't come all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's what Richmond are doing at the moment, isn't it? You know, they knocked off yeah. Mandel and now they've knocked off the Swans. And yeah. so you can see them building. You've got to make your mark. Yeah. And when you get the chance, because someone else, if you don't grab it, someone else will grab it and then go past you and you'll say, you know, why didn't we grab that? You know, we yeah. had the opportunity. Mm. Well, you know what? We get it. We get the opportunity to test ourselves against the best, uh, literally the best, uh, this Friday night in, in what proves to be a great birthday present for me. But uh, 21 again. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> okay, happy birthday for Friday. Let's get it out there. It's actually on Thursday. Anyway, it is, <laughs> it is it's tomorrow. Uh, but uh, stop, stop, stop. Happy birthday tomorrow. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Um, but um, we got it. We got we had the opportunity this past weekend to test ourselves against uh, the Hawke Reserves, Box Hill um, in the VFL. Um, we came up with the win. I didn't get the chance to see the game, but Meg Pogel, you were down there. What did you like? Um, well, that too was a bit of a exciting last quarter. Very exciting. Um, you know that. I think if I remember correctly, we had. Um, we had a, a decent lead and and then, um, you know, got down to a couple of points and it was hard fought out finish. It was terrific. Oh, it, 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 it certainly seemed that way. Oh, I still haven't seen the replay yet, which uh, which is a bit of a shame. GC, what did you, what did you like about the game? Uh, I liked I liked a lot about that game. Um, just on a few individuals, Darcy Moore, possibly the best six possession game that a young player has played for a long time. He, he, he just bolted out of the blocks. And if he isn't the young Colts, because he just looks such a cult when he runs around. He's prancing and he's jumping. He took that big contested mark early. Yep. He kicked two goals. He had a big part in another goal. In a team, we only kicked nine for the day, so he kicked three. So he was really exciting. Maynard, I thought, also really stepped up. That was his best game, and he, his strength. I think he might. He might displace Dustin Martin one day as the best fend-off player in the mm. competition. He looked really good. I thought Marsh just put in another really solid performance and I'm really keen to see him. I think he's ready to play senior football now. He needs a chance to see what he can do. Um, Paddy Carnesis, three goals. Didn't do a lot else, but just didn't hurt his chances. Um Greenwood, I thought a few people didn't like Greenwood that much, but I thought he was really solid. And Ben Reed, I mean, Ben Reed's a tragic one because he seems to have done something. Now, we're not sure what it is, but um, he just uh, splayed them for three quarters. And um, he would have been, if he, whatever he's done, he was ready to go this week in the yeah, yeah. And Wouldn't he be nice to have against Hawthorne? Oh, absolutely, especially now that we found out that uh, Goldstack won't play. He would have been a, a natural plug-in. But um, I just want to touch on Maynard. He's one that I've always liked, even from his under-18s. He's got the hardness of, of someone like a Luke Hodge um, and and, and, uh, and a great boot on him as well. Certainly someone that I, can, that I can see displacing the likes of a seedsman who you talk about, you know, as a team not taking your opportunities when they're there. Seedsman really hasn't kicked on from Anzac Day. Now, whether it's, 
something holding him back or not. You know, th- this is a spot that I think is now starting to get gifted to him as opposed to him actually doing enough to earn it. Absolutely. I think he, he he's, he's there. that's right, he's exactly in that position of saying, well, you know, you only get so many chances, so don't blow too many because the, there's a lot of kids that will, are ready to go past you. So, mm. And that must be the whole feeling down there in a way. And I would think he'd be... Uh, He'd be feeling pretty uh, apprehensive now to say, well, you know, I haven't really grabbed my chances and there are blokes right on my back. It's fascinating because coming into this year, you would have thought spots up for grabs, you know, a chance for a lot of pies to announce themselves and guys like Kennedy are going to get a solid run and guys like Carnezes, you know, Carnezes would have had a chance four or five games at this point in a row in the seniors, best 22, not as a sub, because we weren't expected to be in the position that we're in. But because we've done well and because the team is performing at such a high level, the competition for spots is so huge, which means our depth is just enormous at the moment. Mm. Yep. And Ben Kennedy is probably the one that suffers the most because he just doesn't play a bad game and he he gets a sub spot and gets six possessions in 15 minutes, which is really fairly uh, fairly good. Yeah. He he needs a chance. There's, mm. there's so many lining up that's saying to us now, just give me a chance and see what I can do, and we can't fit them all in. So depth, depth does rely a little bit on, you know, it's all right to have a whole lot of blokes that are lining up. Now we need those blokes that are lining up. We need a few of them to really say, all right, I'm stepping up now to be a real genuine AFL player, and maybe someone else misses out because of that. But we need... Those blokes are all on the verge now. We need some of them to step up and become the players we want them to be. Mm, absolutely. Speaking of the VFL, uh, I believe we had our catch-up this past weekend, Magpie Girl, that you uh, so graciously organised. Tell us a bit about it. How did we go? Oh, look, we, we had a small but um, very enjoyable gathering. We, had the, uh, we were honoured to have Trade Draft there and Danza and 1892 and Swooper plus um, Vicky Park and Gon Critical and myself. So uh, very enjoyable. We presented Trade Draft with a, a cap to... Um... Amazing. Sorry? That was amazing. I love that cap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that was terrific. He was wearing his old uh, 2012 cap, I think. So he was very thrilled with that. And, uh, yeah, it was just really enjoyable to, you know, meet a couple of... Uh, other people. So hopefully next time more will come along. But put a put a few faces to names. Always a good thing. There's a lot of shy people out there. You know. Absolutely. Like Laurie Holden who won't even speak on our podcast. But uh but that no look it's out it sounds great. I think it's a great thing that uh, that, that we do mid season and hopefully, you know, hopefully we can organise a couple more of these, even informally. Um, but I, I hope that uh, uh, we get a few a few people down for the end of year catch up at the very least. Yeah. Look, it's a terrific spot. There seems to be a, a bit of a call for something before probably of an evening sometime before an AFL game. Mm. Um, you know. Or a Saturday lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, we just got to try a few different times, and you know, a few different people will get along each time, I guess. But we'll answer uh, that next time. Until yeah. then, I'll have to settle for seeing you guys then at the VFL this Saturday. But time to, to I'll be there with 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 down the wing. Which, mind you, down the wing, if you're Who's listening, back, hi. <laughs> da, da, 
down the wing lands on Friday oh, right. and he's already messaged me saying that we're going to the VFL on Saturday. So it, he's, he's, a, he's a focused individual <laughs> down the wing. But, um, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Time to move on. going to be in Rwanda on Saturday. Yeah, you'll be on the gorillas. Yes. I'm visiting, a, I'm visiting a couple of them. Uh, I don't know whose cousins they are, but they're someone's cousins. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of slightly unflattering cousins, it's about time we brought on our Hawthorne supporting friends and discussed the, the mash at hand. So joining us tonight, a Hawthorne fanatic, I think it's fair to say, an unabashed Carlton hater, Messenger. How are you today, mate? Oh, I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gents, and uh, pleased to be here. Oh, glad to have you, mate. Glad to have you. Let's uh, let's talk about, you know, the uh, the great team that is Hawthorne um, right now because truly what you guys have achieved over the last six or seven years has been nothing short of remarkable. Three premierships with three almost different game styles, looking for three on the trot now. How do you, what's it been like and how have you seen the evolution of your club? It's, it's interesting because in some respects, when you think about, and Alastair Clarkson's the, the cornerstone of that, but really you're talking about a 10-year a, a period where we've played finals in seven of the 10 years and I think in the years where we've, uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've been grand finalists four times, we've preliminary finalists another time, and, and really, it's been a, a sustained record of success, but it's been a, a process where, if you have a look at the way Clarkson started in, in 2005, he went from 5 and 17 to 9 mm. and 13 in 06, 13 and 9 in 07, and 17 and 5 in 08, and a flag. And the symmetry is quite astonishing when you look at it like that. And then there was this period where where the league essentially caught up and perhaps they rested on their laurels and there was talk of hangovers and what have you. But to my mind, what essentially happened is it was a young group that wasn't quite ready for the success. The other teams worked them out pretty quickly and it took a couple of years to, to then redevelop. And that model was very different. It wasn't a model built out of the draft. It was a model built out of out of trading and, 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 and later free agency. Mm. So... You've seen an evolution of game style. You've seen an evolution in list management, and and uh, and the challenge, as it is the challenge for every team that sort of sits in the in the top half of the of the league, is to is to find that find ways of sustaining that, and um, and that's what they've been really good at so far. But look, I, I wouldn't, as, as a Hawthorne supporter, blessed, absolutely blessed, and uh, uh, it's a uh, it's um. You know, you only have to talk to a bulldog supporter or a St Kilda supporter to know how really blessed you are to, to be uh, able to follow a team that's um, been able to do things so well for so long. Uh, you, you guys, you guys really have become the benchmark in terms of list management. I personally, as a as a Collingwood supporter, really do thank you guys for having a lull period in 2010. Um, but as a whole, it, it certainly has been an impressive build. If we're talking about the year as it is now, it was such a such a monumental premiership win last year. Even I myself didn't think you'd get over the line against the Swans on that day. It was such an amazing final. Um, mm. Not to watch, obviously, but um, because, well, for you, maybe not for me. But let's talk about the team this year. Struggled a little bit early, copped a couple of losses, but, you know, you've now 
you know, dispensed of us from the top four. How do you feel you guys are building into the year? I, I think if, if the last few years has, has taught us anything, it, it, when, when you get towards the end of the season, it really matters how you arrive. And, mm-hmm. and so while, uh, you know, you, you never want to get too far behind in the, in the win-loss count, ultimately this is, this is where, this is the pointy end of the season from here into, into September. Um, how have we done? Look, we've had a couple of very regrettable losses, very regrettable losses. And, and we think back to round two against Essendon and then uh, a little later, the, the loss uh, to the Giants at Spotless mm. were, I mean, they're horrendous. They're the difference between being essentially uh, second, comfortably second, and, and, and now in a situation where we're really uh, uh, fighting to... Um, fighting for the right to go to Perth and week one of the finals. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, they're certainly not at their best even now, I would say. I think they're probably um, some way off off their best mm. football. It's starting to come together, but um, this has been a, a very patchy season and, and uh, a couple of good teams have really pulled our pants down very uh, early in the season, I think, of a trip to Adelaide to play Port and um, and also the uh, the game against the Giants when the Giants were at their best. Seeing the position of both you and Port since then, yeah, there's such a such a contrast in I guess form. Yeah, you've had a loss to the Giants, but I mean they came out when all guns blazing and and caught you off guard. And I think that's where a lot of people thought maybe the Hawks are a bit vulnerable this year. I can't fall for that because I know how good the team is, and as you say, it's about how you arrive in September. Now, yeah. But of late, you guys have been playing better football and seem to be a bit more cohesive. You're still dealing with a couple of injuries. Um, mm. What are you expecting in terms of – you obviously saw the Collingwood game against Fremantle, plucky young yes. side. What are you expecting to see out of this? Because I know a few Hawks supporters are a little bit a little bit nervous about it. I'm not sure why, but they are. Oh, I think, I think there's every reason to be nervous about it. I think Collingwood have shown themselves to be a very good team. Uh, this year, certainly in the last few weeks, mm. and and I think the things that I certainly see in Collingwood are, uh, is the ability to take some of Hawthorne's strengths away, and Hawthorne certainly move their strength has been ball movement uh, rather than pace, and and they move the ball accurately, and and they're very predictable to one another, and 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 I guess this is true of any team, but pressuring the ball carrier is 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 the is the way to really uh, beat Hawthorne and, and 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 ball and 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 forward pressure on the on the defensive half because that's that's essentially where good teams build their build their um their game from. So sure. um, I, I don't think this is a this is a, a, a um uh, this should be a Monty for Hawthorne by any stretch of imagination. And I think Collingwood are, are every chance to win uh, on Friday night. There the the game against Fremantle was. Was very impressive. They've uh, they really um, uh, grounded out against them and, and and made them made them earn that win. And mm. uh, I, I think that if they bring that sort of game on Friday night, they're they're a good chance to win the game. Well, let's bring in our colleague contingent, GC. We uh, we faced one title hopeful uh, last Thursday night. Stood up pretty well for the better part of the contest. What were your thoughts? Going into this game against the Hawks on Friday night, I, I, I think the uh, 
match last week was really, really encouraging. I mean, with without winning a game, you could hardly be happier with a, a, an effort. But at the end of the day, we also fell short. So I think, you know, it was a game that was there to be won if we wanted to win it. So we we did fail on that aspect. I think this week, again, is a different story. I mean, I, I think Hawthorne are the benchmark for me. Um, they're the best list going around. I think... I think they're building into this per season perfectly, really. I mean, I don't think Hawthorne, after winning two premierships, want to come out all blazing in the first half of the season. So I think they're probably at their most dangerous. Look, I'm, I've seen Hawthorne belt us too regularly to think anything other than if we can get somewhat close to them, it will be our best effort. Yes, look, if, if everything went right, maybe we get over the line, but I, I think that's a really long shot. And the thing I don't want to do is get smashed like we have the last few times, which is, I still think, the most likely thing occurring, unfortunately. There's, a, there's such a tough proposition to navigate. Yeah, there's, there's, such a, there's such a tough proposition to navigate Hawthorne because, as you say, they've had the word on us and it's hard to think anything else of it. And despite the fact that, you know, we did play those a very good three or four, you know, well, three and a half quarters, I guess, against Fremantle, um, there was a lack of composure and a lack of experience that ultimately was exposed. We're going to miss a guy like Goldsack, um, who, for all of his foibles, he's a... Yeah, he's, he's a bit of a general down back and sort of a you know, steadying presence. Ben Reid won't play. Um, and I think Greenwood is still unlikely. as a bit more hardness in the middle. It, it, it's going to be pretty hard to contain this this really, really strong Hawthorne offence. Mm. I think that's what they do. So they just they, they belt us into submission and we we lose our composure for some reason. I think it's just that they... It's just a funny. They're a funny team in terms of matching up because, you know, you, I always think Sydney have that same hard edge in a way. But if we were playing Sydney this week, I would have an expectation that we would win, and I'd be surprised if we didn't. But if it's Hawthorne, I'd be really shocked if we were to win. And they're not that much different teams in terms of ability, but uh, I can't explain why. But we just do not match up. Weren't we having that same? Um thought last week though against Fremantle? Yeah. Oh, not particularly. I don't I mean I don't think free Fremantle only Fremantle because they're playing very well and you're playing in their on their patch. But if you'd put Fremantle in Melbourne this week, I think we would have beaten them. Mm. I think Hawthorne Hawthorne are just you know, it's funny what why some teams don't perform against others, but Hawthorne Hawthorne have been our bogey since the seventies. I mean we have a terrible record against them almost all the way through since since they become a power team we have never performed well against them they'd, mm. they'd be our worst and it's you know you can't explain that because it doesn't really make sense but I still think it's there's a, a, a fair amount of truth to it it's interesting and I wouldn't mind your thoughts on on this messenger because I my, my thoughts on Freo I mean we'll, we'll do a comparison between Freo and Hawthorne two years ago you guys played off in a grand final and my call that day was Freo can't ask enough questions of Hawthorne and it seems like Freo can't ask enough questions of most of the top four I think on a consistent level to be a premiership contender for me Hawthorne ask so many questions of a team they demand that you cover so many players and at the same token, they're shutting down your offense. Do you guys still see, you know, how do you see that, that sort of discussion, that sort of argument? Well, there was an interesting thread on the main board, actually, that came up today, and it was talking about the ideal scoring ratios and, and 
and I think that comes up with some statistic that your teams that score 100 and concede 86, that's sort of the ideal premiership formula. And it's a little bit self-evident because you say, well, sure, if I score more than the other guy, we're going to win the games. Yeah. The thing about Hawthorne has been that there's only in, – in, in games where we have scored 100, there's only one team that has beaten us over the last five years when we've scored more than 100 points, that's Geelong. Geelong, yeah. Because they're the team that's beaten us the most over that period of time. So really, the, the Hawthorne, if Hawthorne gets to 100 first, they don't get passed. Now, so really what it demands of the opposition is that you score, for the modern game, relatively heavily to mm. win, beat Hawthorne. The thing about Fremantle is that they, they're the opposite. They're the sort of the... The, it's the Paul Rui score. Well, it doesn't matter how few we score because you're going to score fewer. Mm. And and I've heard this said a few times, but it really keeps teams in the game and it certainly kept Collingwood in the game. And I can't remember how many Fremantle ended up with last week. It was 80 to 73. So 80 to 73. Now, now it, it just keeps teams in there for the longer, which means that if you do slip up mentally or a couple of your guys are down, it doesn't take much for the opposition to pass you. And and, and so it's a, a more of a, how would I put this? It, it, it really depends more on how Fremantle feel than on, on how you perform. It, you're yep. always in with a chance. Mm. Uh, but I think teams like Hawthorne and Sydney as well score heavily and, and, and demand that you do something positive to actually beat us rather than wait for us to fall on our own sword. Now, mm. occasionally when Hawthorne do fall on the sword, it's because they can't sit a kid a cow's ass with a banjo uh, <laughs> kicking goals. But but um, that, to me, is sort of the, the epitome. That defence first thing does sort of beg for people to beat you and uh, or beg for you to slip up, I should say. GC, who do you think ends up coming in for the Pies? As I said, we're going to miss Goldsack. There are some question marks on a few players on on performance. Yeah. Obviously, we played pretty well, so you can't swing the axe. But who is the guy that comes in? Is it someone like Marsh for a first game against Hawthorne and the proverbial baptism by fire? Yeah, I think I think Grund, if Grundy's fit, I think you you slot him in. Um, I think Marsh Marsh is the player I would love to see replace Goldsack because. He's got that's a bit of fierce and so he's very raw, but um, he I thought he was very strong in the VFL on on Sunday. Mm. You know he he plucks a few marks from behind. He hits packs hard. He's got great pace. I think he's he's been begging for a spot for a while and he deserves it. Um, and I hope he gets it ahead of Maynard and Scharenberg and those guys because I don't think they're ready. I think Marsh is definitely ready. Yeah, you have to see what he's worth. So I would, I would, I'd be looking. At, I'm hoping Grundy's fit. If he's fit and Marsh fit, Goldsack out, and I think Seedsman out. Mm, I think you might be right. Seedsman uh, definitely might need a spell on the sidelines. He's been teasing a bit, but not really performing to the, the level. M- Messenger, what about for, what about for the Hawks? We saw the Box Hill Hawks um, in action against Collingwood. There's yeah. bad news for uh, um, for uh, my lookalike um, in uh, what's his name? Ah, oh, damn it. The gentleman who did the hamstrings, uh, Spanger, Spanger, who I, abs- who I absolutely love. Yeah, he uh, he actually did a calf, as I understand it, and right. um, that's usually the, the an old man's injury, isn't it? And he he in fact hasn't the last senior game he played was the grand final, so mm. he's um he he's really struggled this year. 
Frawley is the one that's out for us uh, this week. He uh, in, uh, dislocated his shoulder against the Bombers last week, and and although they say missed three or four weeks, I I would not hold my breath if he was out for uh, six, um, yeah. given the injury. Look, like for like, I guess it depends on if they believe they've got a, another Collingwood tool that they need to match up on other than Cloak down back, and certainly Lake will, will take Cloak, uh, and that would be fairly self-evident to me. Uh, so Schoenmakers is sort of the best like for like um, uh, slot in there. Uh, otherwise, you, you've got Gibson, or you ask Gibson to take a more defensive role than a creative role, or you use Ben Stratton to play mm. tall. Um, but yeah, showmakers would be the like for like. They've also Show got. Um, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was going to say showmakers in the VFL on uh, on the weekend was poor. You'd have to say. So I would. I think on if he gets a game, you're you're bringing in a bloke who's not performing well. At least. And, and it wouldn't be the first time he's been brought into the senior side on the on the back of lukewarm VFL form. Mm. Uh, he still seems to have the faith of the coaching staff, and and look, he's he's our whipping boy, um, for right or wrong. He's our he's the guy that everybody blames for everything, and I I have to feel sorry for him in some respects because he, he came over as a forward, uh, went down back almost out of necessity, and and has sort of uh, then had trouble getting past the guys like Roughhead and um, Gunston and uh, and. And, and the like to, to get a forward spot. So, yeah, um, yeah the, the other option they've got is uh, they've got young Taya Miles, uh, who's uh, would debut uh, on Friday night if he gets picked in. He's in the, in, in the, in the 25. Uh, mm. But he's a, a fairly lightly framed young um, sort of midfielder come forward. He'd probably play as more of a forward pocket, but I don't see him... Um, uh, pushing out Puapolo or Brewster or anything like that at that spot, so I think it. I think he'd probably be named as an emergency. In a way, would you think that Gibbs, Gibson and Lake are probably enough on our forward line for you? In, in, with, yeah, it might be, and they might. And look, if if there's anything that will worry Hawthorne, is Collingwood have got a lot of midfield depth, and and when you can sort of rotate a dozen guys or fourteen guys through the midfield. That's probably a bigger challenge for us, given that we do lack, you know, across the board we lack lack foot speed. So I, I would tend to think that it'll be a mid, and I'm just struggling to think of the rest of the extended bench. To be perfectly frank with you, I apologise for my lack of research. Um, Can I ask you about one guy um, who who we, I mean we played a practice match against you guys very at the start of the season, but Jed Anderson was electric that day and there was a lot of talk that he was the next big thing at Hawthorne but he hasn't kicked on this season what's happened there he he missed all of last season with a um with a a quite a bad shoulder injury and he just seems to have lacked the ability to he he just hasn't taken his opportunities this year I'm I I must say I'm not a verfer watcher I don't get down to Box Hill very often but he's He's really um, he's really struggled uh, just to cement a place in the side, really, and there hasn't been too many places uh, up for grabs this year. So um, they just I hasn't been good enough, basically. Oh, I, that's mm. that's the essence of it. Yeah, he's um, he's done all right. He's also competing with guys like um, Jonathan O'Rourke and um, 
to get in the spot. And Will Langford mm. uh, has been has been an issue for him as, uh, to get past as well. So, look, he's he's still he's still a very good future. They they rate him very very highly. So, yeah. Well, we're going to leave it there, chaps, uh, because we have uh, we, we've uh, we've got we've got to get uh, got to get finished in a, in a few minutes. But I, I really appreciate you coming on, Messenger. It, the, the the thing is, I uh, I hear you talk about all these names on the Hawthorne side, and they are an intimidating unit. Um, when you can when you can lose a guy like uh, like Frawley and and not be too stressed about it is um, is an enviable position. I've got to say. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us. No trouble at all, and uh, I'd wish you good luck, but I wouldn't mean it. Yeah, <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> uh, let's hope for a good game at least. Exactly. Oh, look, I'm sure it will be. I think you guys will, will have a have a really good season this season. Terrific, mate. Well, okay. enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, you thank you for coming on, mate. Thanks for joining no in, Messenger. Before we finish up tonight, I just want to say a special thank you to, to Magpie Girl and, and everyone involved in uh, getting us a, an exclusive interview with uh, another, well, a budding Collingwood superstar. And I think that's fair to say, taking the competition by storm, or he will be very shortly. Um, Taylor Adams, um, Magpie Girl, great effort. Well done. This is a, this is, this is a, this is a great coup. Thanks, Mighty T, and um, big thank you to the Collingwood Collingwood Football Club, in particular Luke Mason, for um, for helping uh, get it all together. Uh, look, it's a it's a great thing that the club can do for us when they can uh, get us a few players and get a bit of an insight into their world. And I hope that the uh, interview was was enjoyable listening. I certainly enjoyed uh, hosting it. It was uh, good fun talking to Taylor. Always good fun talking to players. So. Uh, Please be on the lookout for it, everyone. Uh, it is a separate podcast of this one. Um, so, yeah, have, have a listen and uh, and leave some feedback, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, other than that, uh, we've got uh, TD's rant this week. Yeah, we've got that. Yeah. Excellent, fantastic TD's rant coming up, so it's always worth sticking around for. So please keep listening. Thanks again, GC, for coming on. Thank you very much. Very enjoyable again. And uh, go Pies. Oh, wouldn't you love to win this week? Oh. <laughs> It would be it would be something else to win this week. It'd be um yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty impressive. And uh, and once again, Magpie Girl, thanks for GC, please make sure you listen to the, the interview. I want your I, I I really respect your feedback, so I'm I'm curious to know what you think. You'll be getting it, buddy. <laughs> and Magpie Girl, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's a pleasure as always, Mighty T. And Laurie as always for doing the recording, this time twice this week. So he's been doing double duty, so no problems. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're most you're most welcome. <laughs> and and you didn't you didn't answer the questions, Laurie. <laughs> Which questions? Well, uh, just to get his voice on the uh, podcast. I thought, oh, I thought uh, he was going to come. I thought he was. I could feel him coming. I could feel him. Not <laughs> doesn't sound quite right. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you can record that little bit, Laurie? <laughs> <laughs> but for another week this is the Mighty T signing out <laughs> this is Trade Drafts um, round 14 rant my rant is going to be about how we lost the game last Thursday to Fremantle because yes we were expected to lose against Fremantle and we were very good for 
for quarters in effort was uh, effort was very very good. Tackling was insane. Had tackles in the nineties and the pitch was amazing. But in that last quarter, our composure we seemed to panic a bit more in the last quarter and we made stupid mistakes by kicking the ball out of bounds in the full. Was it four times? And well, if you, you can't do that to win a game of footy, you get out of bounds four times. Then well. And our back line seemed to really panic. The back line seemed to panic, especially as he ran a couple of times kicking out of bounds before. He, he was stopping his man, but panicked with the ball in use. And another thing that was really wrong was the last 20 seconds, goals were kicked in the second and third quarter. The second one was from goals horrible effort taking him out. It was a shocking effort. He missed the fumbles, dropped it. Not good enough. I knew as soon as he dropped it, Aaron Sandler is in the rough for free. I they're going to kick a goal. And they did. And the same thing happened in the third. We had a, a contest. And they, Sandlands, how good he is, just roves it to the best player, to Waters, and kicks the goal. Those two things cost us the game. Now we're going up against Hawthorne, who I agree are better than Frio. Not playing as good as Frio at the moment, but are better than Frio. So we even have to play better than we did first day, Friday night to win this game. But hopefully that loss has grained into the players that they want to win this. They want to win this game. And they're not going to let the same mistakes happen the second time we play them. This time we play against Fremantle or not. Fremantle, well, next week we play Fremantle in the finals. I reckon we give ourselves a chance to win, but hopefully against Hawthorne we don't make the same mistakes and hopefully we can put another four quarters in. Hopefully the, the, the mental mistakes and skill errors, even decision-making errors in the last quarter, we can cause a bit of a bother over and knock off Hawthorne. Well, I still tip Hawthorne to win by three, four goals, but can we win again? We're definitely a chance. End of rant. Mm-hmm.